Hello, I'm Marie Edsman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Introducing you to a wide range of wellness professionals ready to inform and inspire. Today's topic is Help Your Little One Learn About Identity, Belonging and Consent. My guest is Marie Payne, Director, Education and Outreach at Sesame Workshop International, South Africa. Marie is from Johannesburg. Welcome, Marie. Thank you, Marie. Thank you for having me here today. To our listeners, after our conversation, Marie will give us her three tips on fun activities for parents and children. And then it will be fun question time. Marie, for listeners who haven't heard our episode on helping little ones deal with big feelings, could you tell us more about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Marie. So I'm Marie Payne, um, and I have a passion for education, specifically early childhood development. I started my career in education development work, and I've been there for more than 16 years. Uh, moving from organization to organization, but that is my passion to help young children develop their full potential. Um, I have qualifications in education and I specifically specialized in early childhood development. I have worked for organizations like UNICEF, Save the Children and currently at Sesame Workshop. Yes, I always find your CV very interesting, (laughs) those big organizations. I know you've been involved in Takalani Sesame, as you said, for many years. And I saw that the show has just received an award for Best Children's Program, SASL and Inclusivity. Now, this is an acknowledgement of its efforts towards diversity and inclusivity and making the television program more accessible to deaf and hard of hearing children and families. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Marie. It was an honor for us to receive the award um, at Wits University and the Center for Deaf Studies 25th anniversary last month. And it was attended by a big deaf audience and hard of hearing audience from South Africa. And it is absolutely an honor to be able to be part of this force and uh, movement to be able to make our work more inclusive and diverse and to make it more accessible for young and hard of hearing audiences um, Mm -hmm. that don't always have access to children's programs, but more importantly, educational children's programs. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about this award and it was only the start and, and we will try to do so much more for our deaf audience going forward. I'm sure you will. Which age group is Takalani Sesame aimed at? Our target audience for the television show is three to six-year-olds, but we do know from our brand and reach studies that we have conducted over the past couple of years that um, sometimes younger, but also mostly older children also watch the television show. So although we develop the content with a three to six-year-old mm. child in mind, we know that eight, 10, 11-year-olds also watch the show mm. and mainly watching it with their younger siblings in the afternoon, etc. So it could work for older children as well, but we target three to six-year-olds. And how does Takalani Sesame help children navigate life more easily? Marit, we 
develop what we call a curriculum framework. And that guides our work for three to five years, depending on what the situation at the, at the moment is. So we have gone through this process again since the end of last year until um, early this year. We, we go through a rigorous research process. We go through desk research. We see what is available. We look at Stats SA data. There was two very compelling studies done in the early childhood development space over the past couple of years. The one is called the Thrive by Five Index, and the other one is called the ECD Census. The ECD census was groundbreaking because it was the first of its kind in South Africa, and it was generously supported by the Lego Foundation in partnership with the Department of Basic Education. So looking at these studies helps us to inform our curriculum, our focus for the next couple of years. What is it that young children in this country need? And from there, we develop our curriculum framework, and that guides our work for the next couple of years, both in terms of the television show as well as our community engagement work. So from looking at the research and developing a curriculum that guides our work, we then decide on the themes and the topics that come out of that. And through that, we have touched on various topics over the past years. We have looked at numeracy, literacy, life skills, learning through play, diversity and inclusion, just to name a few. And as you mentioned recently, the big feelings as well. And we have decided going forward, our focus for the next five years is helping young children get ready for school. That is a big gap at the moment in South Africa. Even children that do attend early childhood development centers are not ready for school when they need to be. So developmentally, there are some gaps, um, and Takalani are looking to fill those gaps over the next five years. But through all of this, we help to inform our content, and then we touch on on all of these topics in a fun and playful way, um, and that is how we how we make a difference for children that mm. watch the show. Mm. I'm so grateful for that, especially in terms of reading readiness and that sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We know from the Pulse study that was done in 2016 that 78% of grade four learners in South Africa couldn't read for meaning. The most recent poll study that was done in 2021, that number escalated to 81% of grade four learners. So literacy, reading, definitely a gap that needs to be filled. Yeah. Thank you for taking a look at that. Why do children find Takalani Sesame such fun to watch? I think it's our approach. Um, Takalani Sesame or Sesame Workshop has been around for more than 50 years and we have really refined on how we develop our content. Um, we also have our lovable Muppets that is so well known with the South African audience, but as well as globally. And through Muppets, you are able to communicate different messages and sometimes tough topics um, that you couldn't do with, with, with human characters. So when a Muppet translates something, it's it's sometimes more acceptable, it's more fun, and it's, it's more engaging than having a human character translate the same message. So it's definitely our Muppets, but it's also our Sesame approach to developing content in terms of the rigorous research that we do and all the processes that we go through 
um, to make sure our content really resonates with children. We also believe in learning through play because that's how young children learn and that is our target audience. So all our episodes are situated in an activity or in a game. Um, so it's all learning through play with Muppets and, and fun things to do and it's colorful and it's engaging. Yeah, and that is how you engage with young children. And I'm sure many parents will be surprised to learn what goes on behind the scenes. Absolutely, absolutely. That is something we are looking at in the future to um, involve our fans and our audience out there in South Africa more in the behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, and the process, you know, of, to what you, you ultimately see on, on screen. That would be fascinating. Could you just once again tell us what the Big Feelings conversation was about that we've talked about? Sure. So Big Feelings is basically big emotions. The reason we call it a big feeling, because we all experience emotions on a daily basis, but the reason for the big in front of it is that once an emotion or a feeling gets too much so that it interrupts your day, it interrupts your activity that you're busy with in children, it interrupts the game that they're currently playing. So that emotion becomes so big that that's the only thing that you focus on. You cannot move beyond that point. And so through the past two seasons, um, season 12 and 13, we, we, we took on that tough topic and, and we really showed children it's okay to experience over variety of emotions. How do I name these emotions? How do I overcome these emotions that it's okay to experience them? And how do I move forward with my day? Um, we also gave them coping strategies on how to overcome those big feelings, which is important for children as well as adults. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad that the older children are also watching. I'm sure that helps them too. Absolutely. Now, at the moment, Takalani Sesame is tackling issues around consent, belonging and identity, which are big terms. Let's start with consent. What does consent involve? So consent is the ability for a child to speak up in, in just the simplest term of that. Consent is for a child to have the agency um, and that is very important to build that child agency in, in your young child for them to be able to give consent later on. So agency, I mean allowing your child to make choices. In the morning when they get dressed for school, allow them to choose between this one or that one. What color do you want to wear? Do you want to wear pants or do you want to wear a dress? Um, do you want to have the pink shoes or the brown shoes? So learning children to have that agency to be able to make decisions and have a voice will ultimately lead to them to be able to give consent. And consent is really just speaking up when you feel uncomfortable with a situation, when you feel hurt by something somebody said. Yeah, speaking up whenever you feel uncomfortable. How does Takalani Sesame approach the idea of consent? Could you perhaps include an example or two? Yes. So like I said earlier, all our content is um, developmentally appropriate for that audience. And it's all based in a playful scenario. 
So to give you an example, we have an episode where Muppets are playing. They're playing a game in a circle. And the game rules is of such a nature that you have to touch a body part of one of the Muppets and then they get up and continue as the leader or, you know, in, in the activity. And so then, for example, one Muppet would feel uncomfortable with being touched on their head or on their arm or on their back. Um, and the character kind of starts to retract from the game and excludes themselves from the game and kind of start to move away. And the other characters realize, you know, something's happening. You know, why is this Muppet uncomfortable? Why are they not engaging in the, in the game anymore? And then we bring in what we call a safe adult. And very important to, to educate children on what a safe adult is and how to identify a safe adult. And the safe adult enters and, and speaks to the character that's kind of disengaged from the play at the moment to understand what, what is the situation. And through the conversation with the safe adult, the Muppet realizes that it's okay if I don't feel comfortable with the situation, I don't feel comfortable with them touching my body part, and that I have a voice and I have the right to speak up and say I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. So it's all around this gameplay and the character goes back in and discusses with the group and they see how they can maybe adapt the game um, so that it follows a different rule or a different thing so that we can accommodate everybody so that everybody can feel comfortable and safe in this environment. So it's a very simple example like that, which is very child appropriate because they play games um, they might feel uncomfortable, but they do have the voice and the right to speak up and have their say. And through that, you start to instill the values of consent. Why consent? Why is it important? And how can I speak up? Excellent. What can parents do to maintain open channels of communication so their children will come to them when they are struggling with challenging situations? I saw a quote or a meme, what do you call it nowadays, the other day about saying that you want your children the moment they mess up or the moment they break something or the moment, you know, something doesn't go according to plan. Normally, children would say, oh, I need to hide this or oh, I can't tell mom she's going to be mad, right? But instead, you want your children to call on you as the first person when something like that does happen or something doesn't go according to plan. And it doesn't need to be the mom or the dad. I mean, we have different family structures in South Africa. Maybe it's the grandmother or the grandfather or an older sibling or an uncle or an aunt. Whoever that person is, that the child feels comfortable enough when something happens that I need to go to this person and I need to speak to them. So really having that open relationship that they don't feel scared to come and tell you something, that you're going to be angry or you're going to punish them, you know, but that you can have a conversation about it, tell them it's okay and, and let's solve this problem together that we're facing. So that for me is critical for parents from a young age to instill that confident relationship between you and the child so that when something traumatic happens, they do have the comfort and the trust in you and the open relationship to come to you and know that you won't be angry or punish them, but that you would rather solve it in, in an applicable manner. That's very insightful. I think that means that the parent, when something, as you say, doesn't go according to plan, 
they should have that old trick of counting to 10 before they react. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The next thing we're looking at is belonging. How would you define belonging? Belonging in in child-friendly language is that I belong somewhere. So either I belong in my family, I belong in my school, my community, my neighborhood, my church or my religious group. So the immediate surroundings and the environment in which a child finds themselves, that I belong in this group, um, that's that's the child-friendly meaning of belonging. And why is it so important? It is critical for children to belong somewhere because it also links to some extent with the consent topic. So if I belong in a community and I know who is who are the people in this community and I know who's the trusted adults in this community, I'm able to identify when somebody comes into my space um, that shouldn't be there or that shouldn't do certain things. So linking it back with the consent theme, you know, that is where the belonging is so critical. And and it also gives children self-concept, like, who am I? Where, where do I find myself in this environment? Um, and that I have people that I associate with. And also important for belonging is that I know where I fit in and, and where my space is, but that I also respect others and that others might be different from me and they might be in a different group than me. Um, but the, I respect myself in, in my environment, but I also respect other people in, in their environment. So it's really about reciprocating that, that respect for, for other people in the groups where they belong, right? Yeah, and where respect is understood and applied, I think one, one gets a much better community. Absolutely, absolutely. How can parents, teachers and caregivers help children experience true belonging? I think, um, and, and we also try to do that in our content that we create, is to be able to show a diverse group of people, right? They need to be exposed to diversity and diverse things. Um, because they need to learn that this is me and this is where I am, but this person is also equally important and equally valued for where they are. So I think it's it's around your your communication, the language that you use. If you use visual aid, like a teacher would use in a classroom and like we use in our content, to, it's very important to show that diversity and that regardless of who we are, what we look like, what we eat, um, the groups that we move in, the school that I'm in, the neighborhood where I live. I also include others that's different from that picture and that we can all still exist together. And, and for children, we can all play together, right? And so I think it's, it's important through language and visual communication um, children at that age are sponges. So whatever the adult translates or say or the way you behave or act in certain situations, they pick up on that. And that is how you reinforce that behavior. So once again, reflection on the side of the parent is very important. Yes, yes. Marie, regarding identity, how would you define identity? 
The way we define identity is that it is your sense of self. Um, my sense of self. I am worthy. I am a person. I am an individual. This is who I am. This is my identity. And also through that, children can learn what I'm interested in, what I like, what I don't like, what I can do, what I can't do. Um, yeah, so it's, it's your sense of self. And once again, for that to develop successfully is a nurturing relationship with a caring adult. How does Takalani Sesame approach identity and related issues? Perhaps you have an example. Yes, absolutely. So in terms of identity, it is important to develop that sense of self, self-worthiness, self-concept, self-awareness. So an example would be um, in the television show is that um, children play a game and one of the characters is struggling to do something, right? And they feel that, oh, I'll never be able to do this. I'm not good with this. I don't want to play this game because I can't do this. I can't throw the ball. I can't, you know, whatever the, the situation is. Um, and important for that child then to either keep on practicing until they get it right, right, to have that accomplishment and sense of self. But also on the counterpart that, that you don't always master that skill and you don't always succeed in the end with that specific thing because we are all different and we're not good at everything, everybody, right? We all have certain things that we're good at and something that we're not. Um, so, so on the counterpart, sometimes, you know, they can master the skill or, or overcome the situation. But on the other side, it's also important to convey the message that it's okay that you can't do this because you are great at painting, or you are great at drawing or whatever, you know, so to, to on the other side also um, convey the message that it's okay to not be good with everything. This is you and this is who you are. Um, this is what you can do and this is what makes you great. So really building that, yeah, the, the identity of who am I as a person and that I am worthy. Do you have any hints for parents and caregivers so they can help children develop a healthy identity? Yes, and I think it's a lot of affirmation. You know, I, I don't think we give our children enough of that, especially in the South African culture and context. Um, I think we need to, to do that more. And tell your child, you know, you are beautiful and you are strong and you are clever and you are this or that and you can do this. I, I don't think we give children enough affirmation. And I really do believe that on a daily basis, they need to know that I can do this. I am worthy. I am a person and I matter. Yes, I think of an ex a very simple example when I was little. My dad once said to me, I see you don't have a problem helping your mum with the dishes. And I never forgot that. Absolutely. There you go. There you yeah. go. You so still one, remember that. One must catch them at something yeah. they do well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And not only at the things they fail at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reinforce the, the good behavior. Mm. 
Would you like to invite parents to watch the show with their children? Yes, please. Um, the, the Identity Belonging Consent episodes are, are currently on air. So if you want more examples of what consent, identity and belonging looks like on Takalani Sesame, please go and, and watch the show. And then you can discuss it with your little one afterwards. Absolutely. We do have a high percentage of co-viewership, which means um, parents do watch the television show with their children. And it's a good opportunity for you to discuss what's happening, how do they feel about it, um, and also try to understand if they, if they got the message. Also a lot of songs and um, jingles and things that they can sing along to. So yes, please go and watch and it. And parents can sing along yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us when, when the programs are on the air? Yes, so at the moment it is airing on SABC 2 at half past three in the afternoon. It airs from Monday to Friday, and each day of the week is a different language. So we start with English on Mondays and end with Afrikaans episodes on a Friday. And then we have Ndebele, Sesutu, and Isizulu in, in the three days in the middle. And we are on SABC2 in the afternoon until Friday, the 1st of December. And then we move over for another six months from January to June next year, on SABC One at 7 o'clock in the morning. I will put that in the podcast notes. So if people don't remember, they can just check the podcast notes. Great. Could we please have your three tips for fun activities for parents and children? So I was um, thinking about consent, identity and belonging activities. And so um, a good way to do those is songs or rhymes or sing-alongs in terms of body parts. It's important for children to learn their different body parts um, because then they also need to learn which body parts are private and that I can say no um, to safe and unsafe touch and when I feel uncomfortable. So um, playing games in terms of body parts, head, shoulders, knees and toes along those lines, try to identify body parts. You can even go further and let your child lie on the ground, either on a piece of paper or on the sidewalk or in the driveway. You can trace them with a big chalk trace their, their body um, outline on the floor. If it's on a piece of paper, you can paint it or color it or, um, you know, to trace their, their body parts. And then they can color it in, they can fill it in, and you can play together to say, this is my head, this is my arm, this is my leg, etc. So a nice big visual for them to see, this is my body, and these are my body parts. And then um, in terms of belonging, you can do something like uh, my family, right? So they need to understand this is my family structure. This is my environment and my community. These are the safe adults. These are the trusted people. And, and through that, you could do something like a family tree, right? Or create a family album. Um, and it doesn't need to be very expensive or use very expensive things. You can just draw a family tree. You can pick actual uh, leaves from the trees outside. You can even paste those ones on. 
and if you don't have a picture of all the family members, they can draw the pictures. So really instilling that sense of, of my family and my community and where I fit into. And you can also do things like, um, in, in terms of, of the belonging piece, cook your favorite meals. Um, if there's specific special days that you celebrate or specific meals that's, that's uh, home to your culture or your family or your environment, uh, cook those meals, celebrate those special days to really develop that, that identity and belonging and, and sense of self. Thank you, Marie. Are you up to a fun question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a fragrance or a smell... It could be man-made or it could come from nature. What would one smell when you drifted by? Lavender. Ah. Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a calming smell, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, I love the, the plant and the flowers and, and as well as the smell. Mm. Um, yeah, and very calming and relaxing. Thank you, Marie. And thank you for giving us more insight into little ones and these big concepts that they really need to get to terms with if they want to have a happy life. Absolutely. Only my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Marie. Yes, and the best of luck for your work at Takalani Sesame because I can see it has a big effect. Thank you so much. To our listeners, thank you for joining us. I'd love you to subscribe to this podcast series and rate it where you download your podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. Go to my website www.marietsneeman.co.za for this episode's podcast notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on how to live a happier life and have more fulfilling relationships. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me with original music by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 